This is professional radio, gentlemen. And it's front wheel drive. Scotty, have you got anyone you want to thank? Just myself. And now we do the after hours. Da, da, da. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, what would you go for? Thanks to your Sandero. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and because it's not a supercar. But it is. It's not. Automotive perfection comes in the form of two letters, A and U. Long live my LTD. Welcome to Car Talk. It's me, Matty J, Tuesday night, Tuesday show. Here, back in isolation again, with, <laughs> with Riz, Edward Bunting, David Prince, Alan Deep Singh, and Scotty Doll. What's happening, gentlemen? I want to know why Riz only gets a first name and not a surname. Everyone else has a surname. <laughs> well, because I used to say Rizzy Ross, and, and he's from Legoland, you know what I'm saying? But um, but it's... it's okay, well, let me start again. Uh, welcome to Car Talk. This is me, that is you. With Riz Akhtar from Carloop AU, representing Carloop. Is that better? That's a little too flowery. Just Riz Akhtar. Oh, Rizzy Ross. <laughs> Rizzy is better than Riz. And Doe isn't Scott's surname, so I suppose that doesn't count either. Really. He makes uh, all the dough when he gets R31s and R34s, if you know what I'm Money in bags, as you say, Riz. That's right. <laughs> Uh, digital dash money in bags. That's that's. I was taking those bags of cash down to Crown. Money laundering <laughs> that stuff. Money laundering it. How are we, guys? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Back in lockdown again. Yeah, we love it. Uh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Lockdown 5.0, which is like a Mustang 5 liter. So for, for our American <laughs> listeners and, and Australian <laughs> listeners that don't have Mustangs yet, we'll start. We'll go around the, we'll go around the screens, catch up, and uh, get into a bit of a, a car update. Rizzy Ross, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, going all right. Just bits and pieces, working through stuff. Car update wise, not much. Just um, usual, still clocking up the clicks. Don't tell Dan the man. Uh, Where are you driving, Riz, you naughty minx? Look, if if I have to tell you, then you might think that this 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 Rizzy Ross has multiple locations. Are you Ubering? <laughs> huh? Are you Ubering with that Serato? Uh let's call it Ubering, but only to only to one part of Victoria and back, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's the part that where you spent your first lockdown as well. Well, you've been down to the Mornington, but you might be caregiving. I am. That's why I'm here. Yeah, caregiving. It's caregiving as well. Well, <laughs> caregiving something, you know what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> it's, is your life partner down that way? Uh, happens to be. Well, that's fine. You're allowed to visit your partner. Well, that's when the popo pulled me over at the checkpoints. Yeah. I say I got to go down. And yeah, then they're like, well, all right, well, if you're heading down, we might as well let you go. You're in, you're in a bubble. You're in a bubble. That's fine. That's the way it goes in Legoland. So, yes, apart from the... <laughs> apart, apart from, apart from the those kilom- listeners, you know, Rizzy has... His background is Lego figurines flying everywhere through space. So... That's the the constant references to Legoland are not just random. 
No, and also I'm glad this, you explain that, Edward, because it could make the mind boggle otherwise. Yeah, that's right. And also, this is to celebrate Richard Branson in space, and today Jeff Bezos up in space. They're coming to visit me, you know. What I'm saying during lockdown because I can't visit them. <laughs> but no, not no real car updates. I took my sister's car, the Accent, in for a service. Not nothing groundbreaking there. It's a CVT to 2017 Hyundai accent so yeah no nothing exciting in the car you would hope there's nothing exciting in that service encounter you don't (laughs) want anything exciting from that now just a bit of a follow-up i'm starting to see more and more skid marks around the different uh parklands around my neighborhood which is roughly the same time last year when my sister's old accent ex my old car got stolen paying for joyride crash into a tree That's right. That's right. So shit's starting to go down again, but this time we got all the vehicles locked up. We got, we got Matty J. He's on the fly. <laughs> Matty J's just uh, given us a little hand signal to suggest he's left the podcast. Uh, In terms of um, car theft, Riz, you are well prepared with GPS tracking, I believe. Hmm. Yes. So now we are going to be sponsored by One X GPS tracking. That is. Have you seen their signs? Like if you drive around like Bunnings and there's like random yellow signs that are stuck up on different temporary fencing and stuff. And it says one X. It says one X GPS tracking. What does that mean? It's a company called one X and they do GPS tracking. They do GPS tracking. So around Bunnings and stuff where a lot of tradies go, you see a lot of Uh their signs put up illegally. Right, right. They uh, seem to be from our neck of the woods in the north, which is uh, easy to get to at least. Because um, I think I was discussing with May today, we were looking to get a few extra GPS trackers involved. Um, you know, one for the DWRX that my brother-in-law is uh, in possession of, one for yeah, the MX-5 when I get my hands on it. But mm. Oh, sneak peek. We weren't supposed to talk about the MX-5 according to them. our main man, the host. It's happening. It's happening. Don't stress. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're going to get new trackers from Havel. <laughs> They're going to do it big for us. So um, it doesn't matter. Like uh, It's dual signal. So with, with the Havel trackers, you get not only excellent protection, but it's protected by not only Australian tracking, but also Beijing tracking. On both ends, it's, it's all safe. <laughs> the CCP has your back. Exactly. The the PRC has your back. The CCP has your back. It's all, you know, you're backed by the best <laughs> and tracked by the best. <laughs> and if you, if you misbehave, you're going to be hacked by the best as well. That, if uh, recent news is <laughs> We'll go around the screen. So, so updates all good with you, Rizzy Rose. We're still going to get you a K car. It's going to happen. We're going to make this happen. It's going to happen. Mm. Edward Bunting. Hello. Updates with you, my friend. What updates do I have? Well, I have to say my service month is being very, very slow. Where I like to have a chain reaction of drop one car, pick one car, drop one car, you know, a lovely flow. The flow has been stopped. That's what's been happening. So it's just the same, David Prince. (laughs) So I have got what cars have serviced. The MX-5 got serviced. I was driving that around for about a week and a half. I've put that away again, and I have gotten myself into the 300 Coupe, the Mercedes. 
That's been serviced. I've uh, brought that down to lockdown 5.0. And it was, I was driving that car down. I said to you, Matt, God, this thing's so quiet. And I think it's like, yes, it's a quiet car, but it seemed even more quiet because I'd been driving around the MX-5 for a week. So <laughs> that, that changes your perception of things. So, yeah, that's down here. Uh, the little blue diesel Merc is down here. I've driven that a couple of times to the shop. Um, but today I did... You know, I don't normally splurge out on a magazine, but I was in the, the general store picking up some sundry supplies and I thought, and Riz has got a smile on his face. He thinks I'm going to show a penthouse or something. <laughs> no, Riz. No, it is a classic and sports car magazine with a few Porsches in it. I just thought, I haven't bought that in 20 years, I reckon. I thought, God damn it. If ever I'm, because I always thought magazines were a bit of a lux- luxury, like, come on, Ed, don't save your money. Don't buy magazines. You've got a garage full of the damn things. Read those. Um, but I just thought, no, you know what? It's locked down. If it's $10, well, it's $10, and God damn it, I'm buying it. Yep. I've got to have something to flick through. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, no real car updates other than I'm frustrated. I can't get more stuff serviced at the moment. But, you know, the Mini was meant to go in on Monday to get its radiator sorted. That hasn't happened. Um yeah, nothing's happening. Just nothing's happening anywhere, as we all know. So, I mean, mechanics are still open, you know. So, in theory, if I was where the car is, I could still get it trucked in there. But, not nah, whatever. Can you wait. can't get essential servicing or servicing yeah. under essential excursion? Yeah, I could. The problem is I'm not near any of the um, locations. So, how far are we talking, Ed? Oh, like 80Ks or so. Oh, that's actually quite a bit, yeah. yeah. I've gone in the realm of 20Ks yeah. uh, for essential Yeah, things. that's not going to happen. And it's not it's not mandatory. You know, it doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, um, I don't think there's any more car updates for me. Mr. Prince. Uh, car updates with me. Okay. Uh, I did miss you guys last week. I uh, wasn't able to join last week. So I did enjoy listening to last week's podcast during the last day or so. And was sorry that I didn't get to give you a couple of bits from my highball uh, experience. Yes, you covered yes. it pretty well. Pretty well. I, it, was, it, was, it was very entertaining to listen to. It did leave out the bit that, that we actually uh, we took two of the scamps down. Yes. Uh, and while it wasn't the first time two Hondas have raced along the Prince's Highway uh, and won't be the last, I doubt it was as much fun or as uh, at high rev, as high revs as it was that morning. So It was great fun. I really was, liked driving scamps. That was a bit of fun. So that was good. Um, I think last time since I was talking to you too, Sort of car related, I well definitely car related. I had an interesting experience. I was actually approached by a um, a legal company in New South Wales uh, to be an expert witness in a criminal case uh-huh. in, in regard to a 1981 Honda Civic, <laughs> which Honda Australia couldn't actually supply them the information they needed. So um, they've reached out to the client. They reached out to me. And- and I don't, I don't, just on that, I don't know if you guys have ever seen My Cousin Vinny with Marissa Tomei. Yeah, all of You all know that film. Well, it's always looking blank, but everyone else knows the film. <laughs> um, but I said to Dave, it's like My Cousin Vinny. He goes, what? What? I, I, showed, him, I showed him the clip of uh, Marissa Tomei when she's like, 
that couldn't happen in the 1969 Skylark because it didn't have plus attraction, you know. Don't you? It's, it's a great... Which is a limited slip differential. Exactly. So it's impossible for that car to leave those tire marks. It's a trick question. It's a, it's a bullshit question, she says. <laughs> that is such a good film. That is actually a really good a film. film. And so that, that I had to show David and his wife that clip when we started talking about that case. So, 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 David, did they call you and did you go dum dum dun, 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 dun? <laughs> I, had the, I had the soundtrack running through my head all, all the time. Yeah, uh, justice system. But it was funny. I, it made me think what constitutes an extra. <laughs> Excellent. The criminal justice system's uh, 1980s Honda's uh, David specialties. <laughs> my my secret power, my my special subject. <laughs> but then we had some conjecture, David. We were talking about it around the dining table, and the uh, you know you were like, yeah, because it's got the split fold rear seat. But then you were like, <gasps> back then they had a Great single. God, that's right. Rear the split rear seat fold. only came in the in the second in the update in the face of it was eighty yeah. two, so, so it wouldn't have part of the eighty one model. So if indeed, Your Honor, this car carried that body in a 1981 Civic, they would have to fold the whole rear seat, meaning hence and whence that this crime could not have been committed. <laughs> it was literally channeling my cousin Vinny. So, uh, you know, I'm going to watch that after the, after the show tonight. It's, 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 so, it's so good. It's such a good David and I joked about this. You know, there's, there's got to be a role for the like the car detectorists not even a joke not even a not joke, even a joke. But there's got to be a role for that in in society where the, the you know the police aren't car nuts you know they don't know an 81 civic from an 83 civic whatever but if they engaged with us the car experts we could identify from a skerrick what that car is absolutely mm. how like many that. times do you say and ed's talked about it before on the podcast but how many times do you see a clip on the news and police are looking for a you know, white hatchback, and yet it's not a white hatchback. It's a, it's a, it's a eighty two thousand and five Mazda three. You know, anyone can see that. You know, like what are they? Exactly. <laughs> it's that, it's it's times like these where I, I like to thank um, a current affair for calling a, a Mitsubishi Evo a Subaru WRX a blue yeah blue Subaru. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we can do better. We can help. I think we can. And David, you imagine right if there was an accident and there were fragments. Of a Absolutely. You would be able to, being the vinyl and leather repair expert, you'd be able to match those fragments to the car. Yeah. Funny you should mention that, Ed, because it reminds me when I was very young and in the scout movement, we were coming home one night from uh, from a, an outing and we were involved jamboree? in an accident. Was it a jamboree? No, no, no. <laughs> Don't talk to me about that jamboree. It still hurts. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> we were involved in an accident back on the top. What car were you in? I was in my brother's. Uh, my brother was driving, and he was the, he was one of the scout masters, mm. and he had an EJ uh, EJ special, so sixty three Holden. Oh yeah. Um, and a car did a U turn in front of us uh, on a wet road. Uh, the brakes locked up, and we collected the front left corner of this car that was doing a U turn and ricocheted into a lamppost. And then the car that we just hit continued on its way. Oh, off they went. Not a not a cause for concern for them. No, evidently not. No, and with a car full of kids and and um, uh, into a lamppost. So the uh, I remember it very well. And I said, "Oh, well, that was a 
turquoise XB Falcon. <laughs> no one believed me. But you know what? It was a turquoise XB Falcon. And I, I went and saw the car the next day and then there's the turquoise paint around the, the – everyone said, oh, no, the street it was dark and the street lights, you wouldn't have been able to know what the car was. So, so didn't they yeah, know he was on board? Didn't they know he was going to be with? No idea. So, yeah, it, it, I've got a long history. That would be – well, I'm not even going to say how many years ago that was, but that was a long time ago. So. Did they catch the perpetrator? Did they get that? Um, that's a really good question. I can't actually remember that. That wasn't important in the – well, I suppose it was important. I think they did in the end. I think they did in the end, actually. I'd like to think it was because of your description. I would like to think that too. But it was, yeah, it was definitely, I, I can remember being told, oh, look, it was dark and it was raining, you know, you you, you can't be sure of what sort of car it was. I said, well, I can actually. It was an XB because the front <laughs> corner was different to the XAs because the XAs had the wraparound indicator and the XBs didn't. I would have thought they would treat you like Marissa Tomei back then. I would have thought yep. your family, if they didn't know, they, if they knew anything, they knew you would know that. They should have known I was like an eleven-year-old savant, I suppose. Yeah. Well, see, I, I, I agree with you there, Mr. Prince. I, I was very much the same when we had our when we had our, had our XF stolen, and mum mum took me with her to the to the cop shop. It was like six in the morning. I went to went down to the Broadbanners Police Station, and mum's like, "Look, my car's just been stolen." And she's like, "And the the cop's like, oh yeah, what type of car is?" It? She's like, "Oh, it's a, it's a blue Ford." I'm like, Mom, it's a 1987 blue Ford Fairmont. <laughs> 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 exactly. That's what they and, need and, to know. And the guy's looking at looking at my mum is like, is this kid for real? Like, is he, <laughs> oh, he's, he's for real. He's for real. Uh, but see, can I just clarify? Can I just go back and clarify? The reason I have painful memories of the Jamboree, Edward Bunting, is because I watch... All my older brothers go off to scout jamborees at exotic locations around the country. And when I finally got to go to a jamboree, yeah. it was in Dandenong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a minute away. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dandenong. What's wrong with Dandenong? Nothing. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with Dandenong, Riz. D nothing. Dandenong's a perfectly lovely place to live. But when you've. And to get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> When you've watched yeah, yeah. your brothers go off to exciting places that you've never heard of before on a you know long trip state, <laughs> and you end up in Dandenong, so if you're living in the northern suburbs, sometimes Dandenong can be a, a long way place that you've never heard of. So <laughs> it's all about perspective. I feel fair point. Fair point. Yeah, perspective. If you lived in Geelong, Dandenong would seem exotic. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, I was um I was at Super Cheap a few weeks, and we had we had the we had this this headlight in a box came in from, from one of our suppliers. And um, I was like, I was like the Karen who Scotty and I both know. I was like, test me on, on, on the, like pull out the, pull out the headlight and I'll guarantee you, I'll, I'll get you, get you the, the name of the car. I, I swear I didn't even look at the car and I, I got it right. She's like, Matt, you're cooked. She, she actually took it. It was, a, it was an E, it was an E, EL Fairmont, uh, EL Falcon, I should say, uh, front end headlight. Because yeah. the ELs were longer than the EFs, yeah. so uh, so EFs ELs were shorter than the EFs, and um and she's like, holy crap! She's like, you're sick, you're 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 you're, dis you're a despicable human. <laughs> she's just jealous. I'm suggesting, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
today but, at work, we were, we, I was just going to say today, a similar thing today at work, we were going through um, some make model mappings, you know, just to check stuff. And all we had was the models, you know, without a make. So we're going through an A to Z list of models as to whether they were legitimate models or whether we needed to fix them and do some, do some tweaking with them. So it's just like, you know, A, a B C bang of models straight down. There were, you know, like Lexus CT. Then there was a, one of them, the guy goes, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, my colleague goes, Karen, and he's pretty good. Like he's, he's like 80% there with all this stuff. He goes, Karen's what's a Karen's. And I go, Kia Karen's. And then he's like, what? And I'm like, yep. And then we just kept going and I'm like, Citroen, Mazda, bang, 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 bang. And, um, it was just like, we got through it in about five minutes. I'm like, yep, they all look pretty good. Oh. I don't pay you enough, Ed. No. Yeah. Ed, another important question in relation to doing stuff at work, which happens yes. to be somewhere around Cremorne. Have you been Not to any... Miss, Miss Frankie? Uh, Not anymore. Like... It's a very legitimate question. But my esteemed company decided in oh, around Christmas sometime, we don't need the office in Cremorne. So ah, that so... has now gone. And we work from home permanently. So they happen to raise a red flag instead of a blue flag. That's right. Oh, I, I, <laughs> no, no, I haven't a red been flag or a white flag. Or <laughs> white flag. I've been in there since uh, before Christmas. Ah, oh, okay, and, okay, um, cool. So I was nowhere near your little Cremorne eateries. You heard it here first. Car talk. Blue flag <laughs> is no longer in <laughs> Cremorne. And it's no longer an effective business by the latest exposure sites in no, Victoria. No, it's not affected. It's not affected. Unless my house is an exposure site, it's not affected. Mr. Prince, mm-hmm. tell me. So, so they they called you specifically. So, like, give us some. Can you give us details about this, or is it like confidential SVU? Oh no, it was. It, it, well, as it turned out, I'm, um, I'm. I won't be required. Though I couldn't. I, I can. Ex- I could access a car. They wanted some measurements taken of the rear load area, like the loading lip and the the distance from the rear of the car with the seats folded down and all this sort of thing. So, I actually could access a car, but the person who owned it has a property in Northern Victoria and they were up there at the time. So I couldn't get to it for about 10 days. I was a bit sort of uh thing about whether or not I'd end up having, you know, having to appear or not. She was the, the solicitor, you know, she sent me all the stuff about the code of conduct for expert witnesses and all that sort of stuff. And I talked to a couple of people, one of the people in the club's actually a retired barrister. So I talked to him about it. Anyway, cut a long story short, I did supply them with some scans of the brochures with, which had pictures of the interior and, and that sort of thing had the, the dimensions of the car, but not the interior dimensions. So, um, I did say because I couldn't access a car, I said, "You know, there is a, there is actually a car for sale in Sydney of the, the right model. It's on car sales at the moment." I said, "If you um, if you've got a, 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 an engineer up there, you could actually go, go, go to measure approach them and and, and do the, do the measurements that way." And they hadn't even thought of looking on car sales, so I did point them in the right direction in the end. But yeah, I mean, it, it would would have been interesting from the point of view. It, it's a factual thing, so I mean, I don't know if I was. Yeah, I, I still don't know what the case was. That I wasn't privy I, to that. I want to know what they've been putting in the back of an 81 Civic that they shouldn't have. Well, if it's in the District Court of New South Wales, it, we're not probably not talking about groceries. We're probably not talking about, you know... Bro, what kind of drugs are we talking That's the real question <laughs> everyone needs to ask you. Do you reckon it would be drugs or do you reckon it's a body? I feel it's drugs. 
more. I was it's funny, I didn't think of that. I, I actually thought some sort of assault. I, there, there was a case in Italy many years ago of um, a woman claimed she was um, a sexually assaulted in a Fiat 500 and the judge threw it out, I threw thought, it out because oh. they said that couldn't be done in a Fiat 500. The particular, yeah. particular act she accused him of. Oh. Hmm. So. Sounds a little rich. I think I'm on her side with that. Well, I that was that was a news story some years ago now, but I remember oh, oh. I remember it well. But that was yes. automatically what I. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of assumed it was a body in the back of the Civic with the the rear seat. Had to be a small yeah. body. <laughs> you can just crunch them up when they're no, not. Moving. Oh, jeez. Yeah, if you want, I'm not playing from experience. Can you, Ed? Really? Okay. If one wanted to, you know. Uh, Ed, you know, it's been great having you on the show. Um, just, I think, I, I think, um, I think it's best we, we split out. We split our way. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I don't want to sully the show with my wild imagination, but um, yeah, no, I just, I imagine if you did need to dispose of someone in an eighty-one Civic, you could squish them in. Of course, if you if you tried hard enough, I presume you could. Well, and I'm not sure what what they were obviously. Well, they were they were uh, representing the accused person, so yeah. they were obviously looking for information they could use that may Courage. increase the chances yeah. Yeah. of him being found. Oh, oh, sorry, or them or them, yes, them being found yeah. not guilty as opposed to guilty, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the dimensions don't lie. I mean, if, if it was factual and it was, it was purely fact, it wasn't, she said, there's no chance that you would be asked your opinion of whether or not such a thing happened. Yeah. It's just that you would be... Um, um, you would be Marissa Tomei. That's right. That's right. I'd just be providing the, uh, the hard facts in the case. Uh, anyway, it was interesting to be asked. I, I, we did solve, uh, help the police last year in solving a crime um, with one of our cars in the club. So um, that was involved in a reenactment and that was a, an old case that was a cold case that was actually solved. So, um, which is hard to believe you know, they wanted a, was it a Honda Accord? They wanted yeah. It? Yeah. So they borrowed a Honda Accord, right? From a club member. They yep. reenacted it on crime stoppers or something. And, and the case got solved like 30 years after it. That's it right. Happened. What? I said to Dave at the time, how does that, even happen like how does something like that trigger someone to go oh yeah it was a honda accord unless you <laughs> wish Casey wouldn't know what it was anyway you know like how does that work <clears throat> well it was quite um the the lady whose car was borrowed it actually wrote a really good article for the newsletter in that it was actually not just the placement of the car but it was the, the scene was reenacted for crime stoppers but it was also filmed and then promoted quite heavily on the on the news over the next few nights. And they actually, it was at the, exactly the same time of day, um, uh, which was early evening sort of thing. Um, and they actually had a Commodore as well, like a, a, I think it was like a VC or a v, VK Commodore that was also, that the people involved in the attack were actually using. Yeah, and it was um, evidently someone who had been on the street that night had never come forward and you know the the reenactment sort of triggered them to actually say mm. something and that's what they needed oh yeah ah, it's it, it's really interesting because you know like like you guys are saying crime a lot of the times cars have something to do with it either it's disposal of bodies or you know things occurring in cars one of the more sort of 
famous cases in Australia, the Claremont killings, where they actually caught the guy after 20 odd years. There was a big, one of the biggest clues they found that connected them to four other crimes that that person committed was the Telstra car that he used to, he used to work for Telstra as a technician. Uh, And they found fibers on the seats that matched fibers and DNA on one of the victims whose nail was found 20 odd years ago that they had now have the technology to be able to uh, remap the DNA along with the fibers of the seats or the specific fibers. I think it was a Commodore wagon Mm. that they were then able to trace back and that conclusively could say based on linking, you know, three or four different crimes, including the specifically these fibers from these seats of this VN Commodore or whatever, that it was that guy. Unbelievable. And he's, I think, late last year. I don't know if he's officially been uh, um, sort of sentenced yet, but conclusively they found the Claremont killer using the fibers on the seats of this car. That's the thing. These old crimes, you know, that people like (laughs) got away with that. You know, the technology these days, you would be a little nervous, I would think, if you uh, had committed Mm -hmm. one of these crimes. You'd be thinking, um, yeah. Done for if they find X, Y, and Z. Well, I think I think we've got a good job here. I think we can we can go to the coppers and say, well, we we, we, know, we know one personally, and say, right. and say, it's like hey, Ghostbusters. Yeah, Absolutely. Hey, for, for cars, Absolutely. we we know cars, and we can we should get paid <laughs> generously, and, <laughs> and and we can find out you know anything you want, and just ask us the questions, and we are now the uh, the car investigation unit. Um, could, so, we, could we start a segment, perhaps, it's just a very loose spur of the moment idea, where a listener sends in a cropped bit of a car and we have to identify it on the show? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Would that be a segment? Because I yeah, think absolutely. it would, A, prove whether we, we're talking shit or not. <laughs> <laughs> and B, it might just be mildly entertaining for the listeners. I think that's a great idea. I think if if no one sends it, sends it in, I'll get some images of some lights and some quarter panels and some things, and we can. I'll test you guys. Okay. I'll test you guys, but yeah, listeners, please send them through. And if you've got any crimes you want solved, call the car investigation unit. Uh, I feel I feel this is some kind of ploy for you to go undercover at some um, Latin American gentleman named Dominic's, you know, garage, and uh, <laughs> you know, it'll become a whole story of our family, and you know, you'll betray the cops by giving them a ten second car or something like that. Brian Earl Spielner. <laughs> it at least it sounds be... like you can make a good um, TV show out of this. <laughs> yeah. Like Criminal Minds and stuff, but this is the um, car. The automotive version. Yeah, the automotive. <laughs> the other one is keys. Like I'll, I'll always recognise what car you drive from the key. So yeah. Same, same. It's not because it says Holden on it. It's like I'll walk into a room, you know, notice the bunch of keys and go, hmm. Driving a uh, Master Three there. Uh, Ed, <laughs> what, what, what about the era when everyone's got that same looking key with the lock, unlock, boot button? What about then? What do you do then, Ed? Well, you can't. A lot of them are slightly sometimes. different, though. Sometimes you can't. Yeah. Narrow it down. Some yeah, of them have it written on it too. They don't all say theories. They don't all say that. You know, now, no, no. But what yeah. what car is this? <laughs> that is the real question. Ed. Well, it says Kia on it, so that's easy. Kia Karen was it? Yeah. Karen's here. Okay. Oh, they all say it on now. 
But I'm talking the old one. Like if you show me a 1980s Nissan key that's been, you know, like a what, what's that brand that does all the, um, you know, oh, Ilco or one of those Sil Silka? Silka. Silka. That's what I'm thinking of. Yep. You know, and it, so it doesn't say Nissan on it. You know, but I'll be able to go. That's a Nissan slash Datsun. From the well, 70s. case in point was your your friend who had all the cars, um, her dad's cars to get rid of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That day you and I were down there, and she Good, said, like, yeah, and he had an ice cream container of keys, and she said. I have no idea what anything's for, and then I just go, "Oh, well, okay, that's that, that's that, that's that, you know, that's that, that's a Rover, that's a Honda, that's a, you know, that's a Saab, you know." Categorise them all. And she was like, "Oh, that's great!" You know, like saved her hours and hours and hours of uh, trying to work that Trial out. Trial and error, yeah. Hmm. There's, there's got to be something in this. Surely. There, there, there's got to be. Uh, there's got to be something in it. All right, I'll shut up. Who's next? Scotty, <laughs> do. Well, mine's easy. I got nothing. <laughs> you know what you call that, Scotty? Whitney Houston. She had a song called "I Have Nothing." There you go. So whenever you got, you just go Whitney Houston, Matt. Whitney Houston. <laughs> okay, I will from now oh, on. No. <laughs> <laughs> Riz is not happy. <laughs> we don't have too many inside jokes. This is what's going to happen, Scotty. The main man is gonna go into work early next week. And the kids are going to be like, sir, Mr. Johnson, what have you got this week? Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. <laughs> that's, that's all I got and for you, gonna kids. And then they're going to go, crack cocaine, sir, <laughs> really? <laughs> that's all I got for you, kids. That, this is the future. We're teaching you, Whitney Houston. We got, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Alan, what's happening, Max? Okay, updates. Actually, I've got an update for the STI. It's not a positive one. As you know, I got it corrected and ceramic coated in November when I first purchased the car. Um, I noticed the rear driver's side door had like the, the coating or the water when you, I guess, hit it with a pressure washer um, looked a bit funny. It looked different to the other panels. And I was like, oh, it's probably just, you know, the, the coating being weird should be nothing. But I always kept an eye on it. And it seems that whatever happened, like the coating didn't go on that panel well or something. But when I finally came back and gave it a wash, like a, a deep scrub, I guess, clean um, here in Melbourne. It seems to be completely flat, so it, it doesn't actually seem to have a coating on it. So I've and um the door. Yeah, so I like I I did a few things to test it out to see if there's any residues or anything else. And when you even rub like the back of your hand on the panel, it feels really really grippy, which is usually a sign of bare paint. Yeah. So I've contacted the um, detailer, and he's happy to take a look at it. And he said, if it's you know gone, then I'll just redo that. And uh, I'm more than happy with that. So I just got to wait till this damn lockdown ends. I'll hopefully be able to yeah, take the car to him, get him to do the one door. But, you know, at least he's happy to have a look at it. Mm. So, yeah, that, that was my... Gone. I reckon it was never on there. Yeah. I think, yeah, it might not have been put on. Uh, he might have missed that. I mean, it happens in a lot of these lines of work and, you know, you just forget. You think you've done a panel, you haven't. No biggie. You know, as long as he's happy to... Because he's, he's messaged me saying he's happy to, yeah, redo that, so... I'm uh, more than happy. The rest of the car, absolutely fine. The fact that it cleans so nicely, like I had like mud residue and stuff because I had gone to the test drive in the country area. Everything just came off so nicely and it's back to shining like, you know, new. So that's uh, at least uh, a pro for the, the coatings. Um, but yeah, that's apart from that, the STI is fine. It's uh, just chilling in the garage and not accumulating many Ks. The, the MX-5 um, has taken a bit longer than expected to uh, get ready for the roadworthy. So I think, I don't know if we ended up discussing it, but 
end up needing new shocks and a few other just negatives related to that and just I think like a light or two. Um, we figured out that the drive side window, it doesn't go down because it's it's a common issue on the MX-5s. Yep. The, the cable that attaches, it, the clip breaks and the cable starts binding. So um, that should actually be fixed for just the price of a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, zip tie. But yeah, so the main thing was the suspension. Apparently, according to the, uh, speaking to the mechanic, it's a bit of a hard job, especially the rear springs. Well, the front seems to be fine, but the rear ones seem to be pretty difficult. And he's relatively busy, so... I'm hopefully going to pick it up Wednesday afternoon. So fingers crossed. I have changed my VicRoads appointment a couple of times at this point to the point where I think they caught on and they're like, the appointment's within 24 hours. You can't cancel it. You're going to lose your money. So I have lost an appointment's worth of money, but no big deal. I've booked it again for Friday this time because just in case it does take the extra day. Uh, but it isn't Carlton. And Carlton is not exactly 5Ks uh, from my home. But for me, it's an essential thing. It's the only car I own, so uh, <laughs> getting it registered is kind of important. Mm. Uh, so that, that is my excuse. If I could book it at a closer place, I would, but you just can't get bookings. Yeah. Um, the nearest place to me is Broadmeadows, and the booking there is, I think, August, 2nd of August or something. Wow. So, um, yeah, I've decided that, yeah, just book it in Carlton. I'll go. If I get pulled up, I'll answer them, honestly. Just tell the truth. That's my only car, my only means of conveyance. And uh, hopefully it should be fine. You and can also uh, tell them that you are also an emergency worker being working in the medical field. Mm. Uh, you may mm. still be in your qualification, but you are going to be curing future coppers and other people. Um, and <laughs> pull, pull, out, pull out my camera hospital worker. ID. <laughs> pull out the camera hospital ID. They're like, aren't you a little... You know, ways from home. I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> well, that's but, 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 they, but that's the same argument as saying, uh, isn't like is Barnaby legit? Well, he isn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> or can Barnaby keep it in his pants? No. no. <laughs> so yeah, like again, hopefully uh, I get the car back on Wednesday with the roadway certificate in hand and can have it registered on the uh, on the Friday. Because that'll be, you know, that whole thing all completed. Um, some, I guess, updates with the insurance. I initially, being, you know, uh, a less knowledgeable man about insurance, went straight to Shannon's. And uh, I think I, we discussed that they quoted me $1,500 initially for a car that I'm going to use maybe 12 to 20 times a year. And then they decided to be generous and cut it down to $1,200, uh, which I still think is... Yeah, so I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. I got another quote from, I think it was Enthusiast, but their quote relied on me being a rating one driver with like no claim record. But since I haven't actually had insurance under my name, I don't have a no claim record, yeah. even though I haven't had any claims. Um, so that made things difficult. And then I followed Maddie's advice called Plumley, And uh, they gave me a lovely quote, including um, windscreen replacement uh, for $542. Thank you very much. Mm. You get choice of repairer. Yeah, you would. I, I think so, yeah. Because um, it's only if it's over 25 years old and that car isn't though, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. Maybe I don't get choice of repairer. I don't think you get choice of repairer if it's not 25 years old. Automatically. But I, I don't choose it, but I know on, on my older cars, I get it because of the age. Yeah, but um, given that the windscreen was already cracked when I purchased the car and I replaced it myself and how low the car is, how many times I just felt it get hit by stones, 
I think it's likely the windscreen's going to suffer in the future. So for now, at least I'll keep the windscreen cover. Yeah, but the rate is much cheaper than you know anyone else is giving me, so I'm very happy with that. And I think Matthew to go there. See, good friends, Matthew? good friends have you, Matthew. Mm. Yes, Mr. Bunting persuaded. That's me. right. He's a very good, good, uh, good friend. He's good for something, Mr. Bunting. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing I really liked about um, uh, Lumley as well, apart from obviously the pricing is lovely, <clears throat> was that they gave me the limited use or extreme limited use package. Yep. So I'm allowed to use the car 24 times in a year, but the kilometers don't matter. Whereas the enthusiast insurance I was getting, it was based on kilometers. It was based on 2,000 kilometers per year. And I like the I like the Lumley system much better because given how frequently I come back, it won't be used more than 24 times in the year. But in terms of kilometers, when I do use it, I may end up going on a bit longer of a trip, like you know, up to Chum Creek or something. So it does end up being you know, that 100 Ks so having that extra buffer for kilometers because they don't matter, um, yeah. I think works out a lot better for me. Yeah, that's good. Excellent. A win-win. Mm-hmm. Can't this with me. Nobody cares, Matty. Let's move along. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> uh, obviously, I have, a, I have a mode of transport being the uh, the big LTD. So I, I disconnect the battery when I don't use it. And basically I put the battery back on it. I haven't driven it in like two months. And uh, first crank, she starts. I'm like, oh, beautiful. Took it to work on Sunday because the essential parts, you know, car parts are essential. Drove it there, drove it back. You know, drives fine, drives nice. But yeah, I've basically I've got to get that service and everything's due for it for, for my for my service month. But I'm going to push that back till September, I think. Uh, but the laser in the the forest are, are like on the K's now. I, I've got to I've got to definitely get them done. But apart from that, I have not done anything car related because we haven't been able to due to the whole lockdown situation. But that is pretty much it for for my car updates, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. And then is there a topic for tonight? There is a topic for tonight. So I got thinking, guys, Ferrari have announced go to a electric-based system. As are most most car companies. So so no Volvo are by twenty thirty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest uh, safety risk is the engine the climate change. Climate change. Yeah, so uh, they'll unveil their fully electric, the first fully electric car in 2025. Apparently, you know, everything's going going electric at this point. And and they got me thinking: if we, if every car company is going going you know, going electric as as they all are, is there a point of buying a Ferrari or like buying a Lamborghini or buying something like that exotic? Because one, you're not getting the sound. Two, you're not. You're not getting that feel of a roaring V12 or whatever, whatever engine you're getting, and and three, it's just going to be like every other boring car, except it's, it might it might look good. Do you think they're worth they're going to be worth the actual point of of uh, of getting one of these, or is it just well, who cares? Hmm. I think that brands like that, there will be. You're right. There will be some cars out there that are just an appliance, and they're you know. Um, they're silent and they're not drivers' cars, and they're just literally something you plug in like your phone and you use to get around. You know, they're, 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 those will continue. But something like Ferrari, I think they'll go to great. It's probably the the, the most recognisable brand in the world, or that you know, one one of the highest net worth brands in the world, if not the you know the number one brand in the world. I mean, Ferrari fans are incredibly passionate people, and so I think that they will work very hard to make the two cohabitate 
you know, you may well have the electric motor, which is not the electric motors are incredibly good performing. You know, they've got, they've got, mm. they've got more instant torque than anything. They're quick. Absolutely. Like we're 1.9 seconds to 100 or something. Some of them, and you're just like, what? That's not good for your insides. That's not good for the goods. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you get to give yourself a facelift within a second. But I my, think you work very hard. So go. My point is, is the passion lost? Sorry to cut you off. Edward. Is, is the passion lost? With, with passion the... lost. No, I don't think so. I think they'll work very hard to make sure that the rest of the package is very engaging, despite having a different power source. I don't think it's all going to be lost. I Look, I'm a traditionalist. I like old petrol engines, but I think that you'll be surprised what comes out of these manufacturers because they know that no one is going to buy a Ferrari that drives like a Tesla. You know, hmm. they know that. I... I, I agree with you, Ed, that, you know, they, there's a set customer base out there for these high-performance sort of brands, even the likes of McLaren. I don't even know what the new one's called, but it's rare and it's a hybrid sort of a system. If they can continue with a hybrid-based package rather than full electric, um, you know, that, that credibility and things like that would be there. I mean, it depends on their buyers. Who is buying them, right? Like the the older sort of generation would still prefer the petrol engine and all the rest of it. And it's the way they should be. But it's just who will survive this electrical change and who won't. I mean, we hear stories about what happened to Lamborghini and things like that before I think Volkswagen Group or Audi bought them. They were going to go bust, uh, right? And that wasn't even a transition to electric. That was just the nature of the business where they weren't getting enough interest. But with some of these other existing brands like Ferrari, they have to offer both, in my opinion, a full electric and a hybrid or a petrol electric system. They will for a time. And then eventually mm. it'll probably just be all EV. But that, that'll be a while off. Um, so, but I, I was discussing with Matt, that's where the big issue arises that due to the inherent style of electric motors there's not as much you can do to differentiate yourself there is obviously um work and uh, i guess uh, research to be done that can obviously differentiate that kind of power delivery you can use computers and stuff to control that but the beauty and i guess expansive kind of difference you had with actual petrol engines you can't match that at least in my opinion with electric motors and Coming from, let's just say, Ferrari, where the cars you're buying are the V8s or V12s, and that's giving you an entirely different kind of experience with the vehicle. Having something, again, just electric motor, I feel it's not going to be able to deliver what the, the older cars delivered. Yes, they'll probably be faster, but just that overall experience and sound to me, I mean, we discussed the idea that you can pump the sound into the speakers, which is just utter crap. Um, I don't think it's the same at all, but you know, just including the sound and everything else, the experience that you can deliver with a petrol engine, if it is also with a hybrid system, I don't think can be delivered with an electric kind of system, at least with the tech we have right now. So if they do go to that they'll lose something. Well, okay, so like, I, I double-checked online. It's a, the first electric car is coming out in 2025, but like they said they're never going to go, inverted commas, fully electric. Um, I think... I, I, just, I just feel like it's just like... For a brand like that, they're going to have to keep some sort of mechanical aspect to them. Yeah, I agree. And 
you know, like, like a mark like Tesla and stuff, they pride themselves on being electric. Volvo is going fully electric and a few other companies are, are making that making that transition. Supercars are going to have to do that at some point. Now, whether they do or not, it's, it's fine, but they're going to have to because the, the emissions control and all that's going to really clamp down on them eventually to the point where no combustion engines are going to be allowed, essentially. So, so then, for example, if like... You know, VW, for example, become a full, fully uh, electric company, which I, which I doubt they, they will anytime soon. But if they, if they, if they were to, it'd be it, the effect wouldn't be the same as having, let's say, Aston Martin go go fully electric because you know they're all about you know beauty and power and 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 that mixed together. I just think for some brands, going fully electric is probably not going to make good sense. I mean, Scotty, you're 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 big into like your 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 exotic cars and stuff. Would you consider? Would you buy if if you had, for example, let's say the the modern equivalent of a, of a you know let, let's say a four eight eight for example next to an electric version of a four eight eight which one would you take? Yeah, I mean you take the combustion one, but, uh, but I guess it would appeal to newer people, maybe the next generation coming up that might be more maybe there's someone that's more performance focused. If you're more performance focused, you'd be going for electric. If you're looking for just something more pure and Ferrari, you'd go for the combustion motor because it's the sound, it's everything like that that's built in. What I was wondering is what's the go with hydrogen then? Yeah, that, that, that's the big question. I mean, hydrogen was supposed to be like this this next big thing. Um, and to be fair, it should have been the next big thing. Uh, but since Tesla has really come and you know, made that electric push, push electric, 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 it's kind of really made that die off. Now, Toyota and a few other companies still make. Uh, yeah, because I just watched the not long ago of James May with his new car, the Toyota Mirai. Uh, yeah. Um, it looks fantastic. Yeah, good looking car. Produces nothing. Yep. There's what about no emissions. Your 30 of them um, out at Altona at Toyota, parked out, out the mm. back. Oh, okay. A whole fleet of them here. Yep. Mm, are they, what are they doing with them, David? Uh, I think they're mainly here for evaluation, and I've, I've read somewhere too that they're being loaned out to you know some of the green companies, sort of thing. The the hiccup, of course, is that they have to go back to Altona to be refueled. So. Yeah, I was going to say there is there's nowhere here. There's no interest. James May was saying even in um, the UK, yeah, they're very few and far between. It just didn't catch on. Mm. He's uh, long been a, a, a proponent of hydrogen. He did a great video. Oh gosh, it must be about 2010, 2011 now on the 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 first Honda Clarity, which was a hydrogen powered car, like that eighth gen Civic. Great looking thing, and he called that the most important car since the car was invented. Um, in that it re- required, you know, none of the compromises of of electric cars and was, you know, if they could get the infrastructure sorted, which, you know, they obviously haven't. <laughs> There's a huge um, hydrogen filling station accident in Norway or Denmark a few years ago. That didn't help the, the cause at all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he's long been a proponent of, of hydrogen. Uh, Hyundai have got a hydrogen car in Australia as well, I think. It certainly is an interesting technology. Uh, I'd... I'd like to see it developed further. I think I think there's still potential there. Yeah, same here. Yep. I, I, I really don't want it to to fizzle out because I think 
and and we've said it before in the show that, that we think hydrogen is a really good option, but we also think that renewable fuel like F like E eighty five is is also is also an, another mm. another way of, of of doing. It. Yes, it burns hotter and and it's uh, you know it's a, it's a it goes through fuel quicker. It still is you know it's a renewable. It's just corn juice at the end of the day. So yeah, so, you yeah. say it was <laughs> corn juice. Corn juice. Well, in in some ways. The hydrogens, uh, I guess, in my mind, I sort of picture it similarly to LPG in some ways, because there was a rise and there was demand, and then they put it everywhere, and they had to get the LPG to the servos, and now LPG sort of filling stations are pretty much empty. Yeah, but that's uh, because petrol prices, normal petrol, came back down again. Yeah. Because it's on the rise and everyone's saying, oh, it's going to be well over $2 a litre mm-hmm. and all that. It never happened. And yeah. also that whole scheme from the government, right, at the $2,000 or whatever it was to get your car. Yeah. And and once we did have the bigger engines in, in the E-Series Falcons and, you know, the Commodores and the rest. But I think, yeah, it's it sort of needs to be looked at from the ground up again and, and that filling, the filling stations and what they may look like for hydrogen, but I don't know, given, given the mass scale of electric car production now and sort of the models that are coming out, whether, you know, it, it, a smaller models like, I guess, the Mirai and the rest can really trigger installation of all these hydrogen stations across, let's say, Australia. It would be um, interesting to see if that happens. Hmm. But I think that, you know, you know, the original question around these brands like Ferraris and Lamborghinis, one of the transitions that we've seen is all of them in the beginning said, we will not make an SUV. Yes. <laughs> and now every single one of them is making an SUV. <laughs> um, exactly. You know, Porsche has got the all electric taken, you know, and, and, and it's just the business models of the car industry. Uh, a lot of them are feeling quite threatened by some of the newer, more unconventional brands, obviously the most famous being Tesla, and there's a couple more in the works in China and the rest. So they're feeling threatened by those. And what they say today on whether, even if they say that we're going to keep the petrol-powered Ferraris till 2035 or whatever, those plans could change quite quickly depending on who ends up buying the brand, who ends up running the brand, and wherever the interests are from the business side of the brand that mm. will dictate more than, I guess, what the consumers are saying. Well, Volvo have announced that they're, they're not going to do combustion, correct? They're going, to stop, they're going to stop it soon, didn't they? Yeah, so that's not far. And today I, I drove my brother's um, XC60. That turbocharger on that car, even when you're not stepping on it, you can still hear the whine. And, and I think to myself, we're going to miss this. Yeah, and, and it's electric and whatever. It will just be like the Camry hybrids, and the rest, where you just hear the electric motors going as it's taking off, and then the engine kicks in. It's not gonna be the same. It's not the same when you've got a turbocharger or you know a petrol-powered car, just you know without the electric motors. And I think if we can get our hands on a couple of good ones in the next couple of years, because before they become extinct they will be worth something in the future. Let's all buy Morgans now. Mm. 
Yeah, David's not agreeing with you there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Well, before they're all electric, Morgans. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I mean, you've got to talk about, I was just talking during the week to a, a guy about the electrification of classic cars um, as an alternative. I mean, parts are getting harder to find and stuff like that. And is that the way that some will go? I mean, some are already doing it. George, have the, the um, electric motor for the um, Land Rovers? Series series one and twos. A lot of cars would lend up. Was it Wills and Megan left for their left their wedding in an electric, electric E-type? E-type. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if that if that was the choice, like in twenty years time or something, if it came down to the choice of you know being able to drive my old cars at all or not, and the only way forward was to have them electrified, well, you might, you know, if if. Rather than just being something you sit in a shed and look at, mm. if that's the way that it can continue on for the next generation, well, maybe that's what you'd have to do. So, would you would you turn your mini into an electric mini if you had to? If you had to, if it meant that I if I had, if it was the only choice between me using it and enjoying it and not, then yes, I would. Yeah, you know, but that would be a, you know, it'd only be when I was really forced to do it. Mm. If there was any other way, I wouldn't. I mean, again, cost comes into play to play there. Like, how much would that cost to get actually done? Uh, it, it, it's it's not cheap. Like, I've seen people, you know, uh, do them in like old muscle cars and Camaros and stuff, like putting you know, putting electric motors in them, and and they're bloody rocket ships, and they and they and they, they go hard, and and you know, you can still use them as a manual gearbox because they 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 adjust the they adjust the, all the stuff to make it. Work. But it's uh, it's just economies of scale too. The price will come down. You know, as it becomes yeah. more, more of a... Those things a, a, will get better and better. The price will come down. That's right. It'll it'll just be, you know, are you allowed to use fossil fuels, you know, or is it $18 a litre when you do? And, you know, like what what's the tipping point for yeah. doing uh, that? I, I think another key sort of area in fossil fuel sort of, um, I guess, dropping fossil fuels altogether is around diesels and around you know, the transport industry sort of relying so heavily on diesel. I don't think that that the electric trucks and these things are going to replace that side of transport and moving goods around anytime soon. So transition could possibly be diesel electrics of some sort in cars. If they can make diesels efficient enough, you know, it's, it's a bit of an unconventional way of looking at it, but then Fossil fuels, diesel, I think, are going to be around for trucks and, you know, everything else, the heavy machinery. So then yeah. diesels are not going anywhere. And what does, what opportunities or, I guess, what conditions does it create for cars in the future if it's not only electric? Well, I think these last 10 years have probably been, in my, in my own experience, the, the biggest development of automotive engineering in terms of like you know what's happening in, in, since i've seen it okay so like we, we did have electric cars many 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 a year ago but now we've got electric hydrogen all these other options and the difference in companies that are developing all these different things it's the rate at which that's happened in the last 10 years is mind-boggling the next 10 years is going to be really critical to see what actually happens next and, and i think that'll that'll really tell the tale it's uh, interesting. During the week, I was chatting to a friend who's bought a. She's just got picked up her new Rav Four Hybrid, um, which she really likes. She's waited four months to get it, but her previous car, which she still owns and is 
going to sell soon is a Volkswagen Golf Mark V diesel manual. So that's a 1.9. Uh, it might be a two-liter TDI comfort line, but yeah, she had no DSP issues, obviously being manual. But she's had a pretty good run out of that, and she said. I drove the Rav to Adelaide and back for one of its first trips, and then she got back in the Golf. She said the Golf is still better on fuel than the Rav Four Hybrid. Wow, <laughs> which was interesting. And I said, well, part of that is because a they they being a turbo diesel, they were just and a manual. They were incredibly good on fuel, no question. Yep. Like four point nine five liters, five point one liters per hundred, sort of thing. But also the Rav, because she took it on the highway, it's not relying on the electric motor so much; it's relying on the petrol motor. It's a heavier car. I said it, it will. You'll probably find round town the Rav is better than the Golf, and on the highway the Golf is is better mm. than the Rav, because electric cars are the opposite to normal. Yes. You know, round round town with all your regeneration and using the electric motor a lot more. You use less fuel, whereas typically around town you use more fuel in a, in a you know, combustion engine. So the hybrid Ravs and Camrys, I think, from memory, is between four and a half and six liters. Mm. Which is on, still yeah. good. Mm. Still good. But yeah, if she was doing seven, 7.5 on this trip, sitting on 110, which is still good, but it's it's not gonna, not as good as the Golf at 4.9, you know. Yeah. Mind you, just saying, the Honda City Road test that I put on the um, Car Club um, Facebook page a couple of months ago, when when it was released, they did a, a road test of that. At the end of the week of you know the performance testing and everything, that had averaged 4.4 litres per 100 k's. Was that the original Honda City? The like original Honda? City, yeah. yeah. And some of those road tests, it's funny, It's when, when I go back and reread them now, which I often do because I'm bored, um, <laughs> They got some incredible economy figures, and these are carbureted cars. Yeah. You know, they don't have stop-start technology, but the, the secret was they were light. You know, That's they right. just didn't weigh anything, and they weren't particularly big motors. And so, um, Nissan. I remember Nissan. Oh, you know, the Nissan Pulsar averages five point eight liters per hundred. And I'm thinking. That's, that's good 40 years later. That's still really good. But everything's gotten fat and grown and, you know, with airbags and safety features and that all takes its toll. But, um, but you're right. They're so good. Those, those early, um, early and mid-80s cars are amazing. I actually got uh, – well, listeners can't see it, but my son-in-law in the UK sent me uh, a Honda e-brochure, which has been released over in, in, um, in the UK. 52 pages. I think they're trying to convince you that it's a fabulous oh, wow. thing. I really like that car. It's yeah, quite maybe. a, uh, and it's got a fish tank, and you can feed the fish. How's really? that? No, what? what? Show me on screen right now. It's <laughs> not in the. I was hoping it would be in the brochure, but it's not. But that's one of the features I of love it. Fish. What? No, I know. Is that when you go in for a service, they replace the fish for you? Too. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like one of those optioned extras? No, no, it's part of the. Uh, you can you can play um, games on it, and um, uh, the two screens in the center of the dash. Because um, basically all the dash is a big screen. That's a very uh, Tesla move. Yeah, that's right. It's hard to see. The fish. There, the fish aren't in the brochure, but if you look on the OZM um, website uh, on um, Instagram, the company in Sydney that bought the E in, they show you actually, and, and two screens. It's a fish. It's it's an aquarium, and you you touch the touch the screen, and the fish come up to where your finger is. Wow. There you go. That's cool. Something to keep you busy during the um, those uh, days on the Monash, stuck in traffic. <laughs> so, uh, getting back to the topic now, if, 
if we were to, let's say, you know, buy, it's 10 years down the track and all the companies, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Pagani, you know, all the, all the exotica, the, the, all the automotive pornography that, that, that is today go electric. Would you, would you still like the brand as much? Do you, what, or what would the brand have to do to stay relevant? Do you reckon they'd have to do more racing? Do you reckon they'd have to, or, or, or they just rely on their status as, you know, I've got a Ferrari. It's, you know, look how big my, look how big my car is essentially. Status. I think if it comes to Ferrari, it's status. Yeah. Um, I reckon if it is just all electric cars, then all the other Ferraris that have got combustion engines are going to skyrocket in price. <laughs> yeah, we'll look up at the air-cooled Porsches there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'd, they'd have to, to stay relevant, they'd have, they'd have to make them still interesting Nice to look at, great interior features, and and you know the looks and the styling would be as important as ever, I think. And I'm sure it can be done, you know, and will be done. Because at the moment, there's not really that many good-looking full electric cars. No, exactly, they're they're fairly. I mean, I think Teslas are quite good-looking cars, but I think that yeah, that will become more important. You know, at the moment, they've been they're, they're wacky. You're right. They're all, you know, they're all a bit left of centre, the electric offerings out there, other than maybe Tesla and Polestar's coming very soon and that's going to be purely electric, which is sort of owned by Volvo, but, a, you know, in a fully electric arm, um, but a separate brand. Well, it doesn't look good because they just look like a normal car. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I think if they, if they keep going down that road and create some cool, funky designs, like, like you imagine having a new Suzuki Jimny that we all like, that's full electric. That'd be kind of cool. I'd I'd happily drive around that. So I think if if if, if they yeah latch onto those characteristics and and keep people interested in that realm, then they'll still sell. Um, in some ways, the supercar side of things aside, things like the Honda E, it's you know quite um quite a unique sort of a Honda traditional design incorporating you know, the, the future in terms of electric and stuff. Volkswagen's trying to do the same thing with their combi or whatever they call e-combi or whatever they're going to call it. I think I agree with you, Ed, that even some of these supercar and hypercar brands, if they sort of go back to some of their more successful models and try and improve on them a little bit, but keep the design aesthetics sort of the same, because that's what's going to be the key differentiator in the future, they will have you know, a, a strong sort of nostalgia factor as well as, I guess, cleaner, future-focused supercar status. I don't know. The key to doing it, I mean, just going back to the economy point with the old cars and how good they were, I mean, the the 84 City doesn't have um, stability control and eight airbags and, you know, even the most rudimentary of safety features that car technology having... car manufacturers have created and, and brought to the fore for, you know, so much in the last 20, 30 years. So, yeah, you'd really, you'd probably want to have them and not have them. But it's nice if they can incorporate some sort of link back to the past in the designs. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Watch this space. But, yeah, I think I think we're going to look back 10 years from now and, and uh, ref- reflect on this episode in particular <laughs> and say what the hell actually happened. Because yeah, because you're right. The the whole the whole oh we're not going SUVs. That's that's ridiculous. Now they're all SUVs. 
well, we're not going electric now. They're going, everything's going electric. So it's going to have to happen. And it'll be interesting to see. Like, I, I personally think, you know, you're right, Scotty, with status. I think status is going to be going to be a big thing. It's it's the reason why people buy $250,000 Range Rover Vogues. Just, just a, it's a status symbol. It is, a, yeah. it is, it's, you know, look what I've got. This is a, this is a, this is, this is it. It's like your designer handbags. Yeah. yeah. They all do the same thing, but it's the status. It's the badge. And I guess on the, on the badge front, how, um, how significant is that badge moving forward? If the car enthusiasts that we have today are not really going to be around and not saying that we're all sort of passing away from COVID, but we're <laughs> not really going to be, you know, the new enthusiasts, are they really interested in some of these more traditional brands or do they just consider, do a lot of them just consider cars as a mode of transport? Well, see, so this, this I think, I think there's a whole new generation of car enthusiasts because a lot of people that are like, that don't like cars the way we do mm. are coming in saying, Oh yeah, I like cars. I like Teslas and are absolutely, mm. absolutely obsessed with Teslas and say, you know, Tesla, this Tesla, they can do a hundred, zero to a hundred and like, you know, blink of an eye, this and yellow there. And they defend the brand. Like even all Tesla supporters, it's like a, it's like, they defend the brand like it's like it's crazy, like like crazy. Mm. It, it, it's like if you're, an, you're an Apple guy or, or, or Windows guy. You you know you're not, you're, this is this is it, you know. And and I I think that they are the kind of like a newish generation of car enthusiasts that are, that are coming into play. Stuff that we haven't seen before. People that don't like cars but like the high idea of of electricity. And and we, we were speaking to oh, I can't remember who it was a while ago now, but but they were they they love the idea of of. Oh yeah, no. So uh, a, a friend of mine through to who I play basketball with, we're having a chat. He's not he's not a car person at all. Couldn't couldn't, couldn't care less. But he's like, I really like the idea of the new Ford F one fifty electric car. I'm like, like he just came out of this out of the blue. He's like, I know you like cars, man. I'll talk to you about this. I'm like, oh yeah. What, what made you? Think? He's like, because it's 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 like a normal car. It's like a you can fit stuff in it. It's um it's agricultural. You can put all this stuff in it, and it's and it gets good range. And it does everything that I need to do, and it's and it's handy, and it's and it's and it's all these things. And he was going through, and I'm like, but couldn't you just buy a normal F150? He's like, yeah, but why would you now when you can buy an electric one? You got more space. The front ends are a boot now, and and he was he was stuck on the idea. And and to be fair, I think I think he's a he's got some good points there. So he, he's not a car guy at all, but now he's really he's he actually he's like, if that comes to Australia, he's like, I will buy one. I I should you know I will buy one. Mm. So, and I'm like, well, that's interesting to hear because, you know, these are, this is the new kind of direction that people are, people are taking. If they're not into cars, people are, people like us might be a bit like, ah, oh, well, whatever, electric cars. These people are coming in saying, no, electric cars are the future. We actually like this stuff. So it'll be definitely interesting to see. Again, the next 10 years are going to be crucial for, for the car game. Very interesting it will be. Mm. Well, here's something to ponder to finish off on. Oh, yes, buddy. Does that mean, say, in the future, big oil companies, they're going to disappear? What are no. they going to do? They got back up. Are they going to disappear? <laughs> There's a whole other night's discussion, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what that's what I'm thinking. Like, there's who killed the electric car? And they make that much money. These big oil companies. What have they got up their sleeve to keep people still buying? And on top of that, if you think of engine oils. It used to derive from that. Now you got fully synthetic engine oils. What can we do with petrol? Mm. Well, it's interesting that 
that, you know, all these things, all these things are coming coming into play now. Like, I think, I think, I think these 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 big oil companies are going to start saying, well, we're going to have dispensers like 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 bowsers for electricity, and they're going mm-hmm. to charge you. They're going to charge you by the by the kilowatt hour to go in to go into into the um. The, yeah, they'll make their money that way, and they won't make as much though. No, no it's going to hurt their profits big time, and that's not what their big businesses are about. But I also think that they're gonna they're gonna change their model around. I think what they what they'd probably do is they'd probably do like a whole service module as well. So like they'd be like, okay, we are a we are a, a servo. You can charge up your car, but you can also get new tires for your car at the same time. You can get you can get a whole kind of mm. service done uh, when 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 you're there. They're, they're gonna change that. They're gonna have to change the whole model. Well, in the UK, just to put it into perspective, over the last couple of years, I believe BP was the one of the first ones that acquired couple of years ago the biggest electric charging station distributor and they were going to roll out two fast chargers at all of their i think 1300 odd bp service stations across uk and recently shell acquired which uh, a, a charging station company that is at the moment the biggest charging station company in the uk and they're going to roll out charging stations across all of their petrol stations so they're already transitioning you know they're paying billions of euros and uh towards these new towards these newer businesses because they've got the money at the moment and they may not have it in the future but i i sort of agree with you maddie that they're gonna have to do more than what they do today and they've got the real estate in some ways at least they've got the brand there you know whether it's bp shell or whatever it's what can they offer through those and that distribution model that's more than just fuel, which I guess they'll still have to supply diesel because diesel isn't really going anywhere anytime soon. It's just what can they do for that surplus petrol supply? Does that mean we'll be able to get all our cars back from our super rich Middle Eastern people eventually? <laughs> <laughs> Once they can't make heaps of money on oil anymore? Yeah, they got no, they'll be... They'll be just abandoned in um, multi-story car parks throughout the UAE. As there are lots already, if you look at uh, <laughs> yeah. the YouTube videos. That's correct. What do you mean, Saudis in Audis? <laughs> Isn't is is that going to change? Uh, it's going to be yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting interesting time. But yeah, again, ten years from now, we're going to we're going to reflect on this on this episode reflect on on david's and, and our new venture as as a uh, police car people and and reflect on on where these companies and like you know sports cars and, and all this where it's going to be in the next 10 years so it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see but um yeah the, the whole idea of a of an oil company in the hours yeah very very interesting quiz time is it quiz time it is quiz time i think gentlemen Ooh. you know um, so many I, people here for quiz I haven't done the quiz tonight. Mr. Mr. Prince has done. Controversial. Controversial indeed. Are you ready? And he was like, hey, Maddie, I've got a quiz ready if you want it. I'm like, you can do it, my friend. (laughs) You welcome that. Uh, Maddie wants to try and win one. I do. Well, he's got to have the chance, hasn't he? Like, you know. No, I don't want him to, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Hopefully, like last time, they're not too obscure. 
now I'll try and score this time. Although Matt, Matty, you did a really good job of it last time. Yeah, I can keep. I can. I already. I already got the. Uh, the oh, your legend! Fantastic. That's not. A, that's not one of the answers. In on the legend, just so you know. <laughs> Are you ready? Alan, when nobody answers anything, you, you jump in with, or if everybody's answered and answered wrong, you just put in Honda Legend. I unfortunately <laughs> have to take my leave. I apologize. Hello. Oh, um, I will uh, give my juicy winning luck to Riz. Alan, <laughs> it's cold outside. It's you better not be going outside. No, no, I'm not oh. going outside. I just have uh, something to attend to. I apologize. That Suzuki SSX4 question then. Oh, good. Yeah, Alan, my man. See ya. Okay, so you were ready? Let's do it. Here we go. Question number one. During the 30 years it was on sale in Australia, the Holden Barina was sourced at various times during its life from three different countries. What were they? Ed. Ed. Number one. Japan. Correct. Number two, Spain. Correct. Number three, that's two out of three. Is this a three-point question? That's a good point. It probably is a three-point question. It probably has to be, doesn't it? Uh, Number three, where else did Barinas come from? Belgium. Incorrect. Korea. Uh, Korea. Matt. Korea. South Korea. South Korea. Oh, you're right. The newer one. Yes. One point to Maddie. Two points to Ed. Actually, there's a few multi-point ones, so you know it could be a high-scoring game. So, anyway. okay. okay. For the 1981 model year, the first version of the E12 3 Series in a 318i was released. It had one notable piece of standard equipment missing to sneak it onto the market just under the new luxury Ed, car tax. Ed, it was missing the radio. It was correct. Well done. One, uh, an extra point. Does anyone know the reason, the genius stroke of marketing excuse for why it was missing the stereo? Ed. <laughs> okay. The genius stroke of marketing was that they said our buyers are very discerning. We want them to be able to choose their audio system. One hundred percent correct. <laughs> Can you the, that? the car had four speakers fitted to it, but it had no stereo. Tight ass bastard. Oh, we don't give you a radio. We love you to choose your radio. That's right. <laughs> our, our customers are so discerning. It would be the, so the clarion or the audio box. <laughs> the box on. Yeah, yeah. Any other car you buy in 1981 has a radio. And probably a cassette even at the time. Yeah, maybe a cassette too. Okay, question three. Over the lifespan of the Golf, Volkswagen have persisted with a booted three-box version. In Australia, it's been badged three different names. What are they? Another three-pointer. Matthew. Matthew. Jetta. One point. Oh, I've got the name of the thing now. Uh, we had it here. It was here on sold for a short time. Ed, Ed, uh, Ed, Ed, uh, Ed. I, I can't. Do I still get a point or how does that work? Yeah, you get a point. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed. Uh, one of them was the Vento. Correct. So you've got Jetta, you've got Vento. I'm trying to think what shape had another sedan, which Golf. 
was it an older one? Was it the, was it the, was it the, oh, it wasn't like a Passat because that was a Passat. Um, yeah, I don't know the third one. The Bora. Oh, the Bora. Oh. Of course, the Bora. Was, was the Bora considered a golf? Well, it was a based golf, on... golf floor pan. Golf, it was based oh, on. I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I thought, the, I thought the, like, I knew they shared engines and stuff, but I didn't realise it was, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a golf thing, yeah. Okay, question four. What car am I? Released in 1967, <laughs> long before any of you were born. Uh, but you'll know, you should know. Only 351 examples of this car were ever produced by one of the world's largest car companies. And as a result, examples now command values north of a million dollars. Small number of examples were sold new in Australia. Featured a very simple two-litre pushrod bottom end with a brilliant twin cam head designed by a totally different company, not even known for producing yeah. cars. Matthew. Matthew. Lotus Cortina? No, incorrect. Scott. Scott. Oh, is it Toyota? It is Toyota. Is it the 2000 GT? It is. Well done. Yes. I nearly said that, but then I thought, no, that's in Dr. No, and I thought Dr. No was earlier than that. Ah, hold that thought, Ed. Okay. This Jap the last clue was this Japanese car appeared in a Bond movie, okay? Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the Bond movie that also came out in 1967 that featured the car? Was it Dr. No? <laughs> Incorrect. It wasn't. It, it, it's not. Can I have another go? No. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? Scott. Scott. Was it Goldfinger? Uh, it, incorrect, it wasn't. Ah, I, was it? I think I know it. I'll, I'll hum a tune. Na, 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 na. Yeah, correct. Na, na, you only live twice. Na, na. Come on, Maddie. That's right. <laughs> okay. So hang on, that really that car came out in 67. 67. And they produce, and they and they sold and they actually sold them through Toyota dealerships here. Bill Buckle in New South Wales bought a couple in. Wow. Uh, there was also one or two sold in South Australia that remained here until twenty years ago, probably when it went back to Japan. But yeah, very, 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 very few left Japan. Of course, few in America now, but worth a lot of money. Mm. So, the so was this engine the heads? Was that Yamaha? It was. Yeah. There you go. Well, the, the reason I said Lotus Cortina because they, they had a different head and, and twin cam. Of course. And... I, I was thinking Lotus as well, Maddie. Okay. Uh, Lucky I'm here then. Aside, <laughs> aside from the head, what was the other main design feature of that car? Head. The headlights. Because it No, had... no. Oh, Would no. the rest of you like the rest of the question? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Aside from the head, what was the other main design feature Yamaha contributed to the uh, car? Oh, Matthew. Matthew. The wood interior trim from the piano, right? Correct. Yeah. The dashboard was made of rose wood, and it, that was produced by the musical instrument department of Yamaha. Yeah. Wow. What a car. Yeah, what cool. a car. Cool car. Okay, I think I'm up to seven, I think. Okay, harking back to the movie, what was significant about Bond's 2000 GT and why? Ed. It was a convertible. Oh, I think Matt got in before you. Ed. Oh, okay, I didn't hear him. Mm. Oh, it was a convertible because 
was it was Roger Moore that was in that one, wasn't it? And he was no, or um, was it Connery? And he was too tall, he, he, he wouldn't fit in the car. That's why they had to make it a convertible. 100% correct. That's what I heard, yes. Do you want a score check? Yes, lovely, thank yeah, you. Check. So Edward is leading on five, followed by me on four, then Scotty on one. Riz, you got to score, my man. Come on, my man. Come you on, Rizzy. Okay, moving back questions, you know what I'm saying? Moving, moving back local. What was the first Ford to carry the gear badge in Australia? Ed. Oh. Ed. First Ford to carry the gear badge oh. was. I'm thinking. God, was it a laser in the early '80s? No, I think it was a Ford, like a Fairmont in the late '70s. Incorrect. Matthew. I think it's Escort. Correct. Oh, yes. Escort, of course. Mark II Escort, 1975. Yeah, yeah. My um, great aunt had one of those. Ah, certainly Darren Braybrook, who I went to school with, as his first car. That's a pretty cool cool first car. a very cool first car. Mm. Question nine. Long before the WRX, Subaru had another car known as the Rex, or called the Rex. It started as a K car. But over time, the engine for export markets grew too large for it to be technically categorised as a K. What two names was it known as in the Australian market? Ed. Ed. Two points here. Was it the Sherpa and the Fiori? It was indeed the Sherpa and the Fiori. There we go. With me on zero points, I'm in a bit of a Fiori as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? My grandma used to have a Sherpa. Of course she did. I like them. They're a cracking little two-cylinder thing. There's some part of the front end that's interchangeable with a Honda Z, interestingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the oh the something to do with the front oh subframe or something. There's some bizarre connection, but Anton Neely will tell you. Speaking of Honda Z, David, is the Z that you are a part owner in uh, now running? Not yet, no. Ah, oh, and uh, why and Henson Wentz? I think that's another victim of the COVID lockdown, I think. Yeah. It'll get you. It'll get you. It'll get you. Okay, question 10. What car am I? Marketed in the UK from 2011 to 2013, this two-door car was a very brave attempt at badge engineering by a renowned high-end manufacturer. Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> Aston Martin Signet. Whoa, 100%. <laughs> wow. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> Do you want the rest of the question? Sure. <laughs> For those playing at home? Never get, I'm not, I would never have got it even with that. Featuring a 1.3 litre engine producing 72 kilowatts of power, it was based on the copy of another popular Euro city car but enjoyed reliability the Euros could only dream of. Toyota, <laughs> I uh, No, not. Oh, really? The the original had in its name the abbreviation of the words intelligence quotient and partly due to it costing three times the cost of the car on which it was based, it was quietly discontinued after very slow sales, selling less than 10% of its target. It was based on the IQ. IQ, yeah, yeah. Um, Aston Martin built one with a 4.7 litre 321 kilowatt Vantage S motor in it. Uh, (laughs) 
which would have been interesting. I can't believe how it stayed on the road. Just imagine it tipping up like this. I reckon. And there's um, there's a couple on for sale in the UK at the moment, and one of them is thirty nine thousand pounds. That's about seventy. Martin Signet. Yep, and it's based on the Toyota IQ. It was the idea was it was a city car for Aston Martin owners. Who, who wanted to have a car for, to drive around London and not get their nice big flash cars out. I saw that V8 one at the Goodwood Festival because, you know, they always have it live every year on YouTube. Yeah. I saw it there. I was like, wow, that thing's mental. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny, it's like a little Toyota Ruckus or something. Well, have you seen the IQ, the Toyota IQ? Uh, hang on, I'm just looking at that now. One sec. It's, it's the same car, basically. Yeah, well, well the, the iGo was previous to the iQ, right? It was the, the iGo was a was a smaller than than like an Echo. Okay. And that was also that was also a Citroen C1 and a Peugeot 106. I think it was shared with those. There's an iQ around the corner from me, owned by a local locksmith. They use it for running and doing. That's right. Jobs. I've seen that. The red one. That, yeah, that red one. So yeah. that, that's what that is. I never quite knew what it was. That's an. Yep. Idea. Yeah, okay. so it was basically Toyota's take on the smart car. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a four-seater instead of a two. It's got okay. a tiny little back seat. Yeah, and they did. They were, they were quite popular in the UK and very popular. They sell them here, the IQ? They never did, did they? No, no, no. You can buy them here. They're, they're on the SEBS register and there are a few out here. What are they worth? They weren't that much last time I looked. There was, they were under 10 grand last time okay. I looked. And what engine are they running? There's a one litre and 1.3. Rizzy. I think we found you a car. <laughs> this could be it, Rizzy. I'm just, I'm, I don't know if it's right for me because somebody mentioned that the back seats are quite tiny. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know if, I, if, if, if we could commit the sort of crimes we need to commit, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> What's the score, David? Well, scores in on seven, I believe. But a couple of them were double pointers. Seven, so you oh, yeah, yeah, true, true. It's not out of 10, this one. Yeah, it's not out of 10. I scored six, Scotty on one, and Rizzy Ross is yet to score. But, Mr. Bunting, well done on the double Thank pointers. You. Thank you. That was a tight, <laughs> uh, tight game. Well, well, I'll yeah. have to come up with harder questions for Ed. Oh, something. <laughs> <hard. laughs> I've got no idea. Actually, after listening to last week's podcast, they'll probably center around Brum, I think. Yes. Ed had never heard of. No, I've never heard of this Brum. It's Austin's <laughs> been coming, isn't it? Isn't that that? You know what that is? I believe you didn't know who Brum was. Brum was like part of my childhood. Like that's, that's just, I, I know, I know. I had a bit older than you, so, you know. <laughs> well, I was going to say to you, there was, uh, you, you've got you've got Brum questions which we have to bring, which we have to bring in. But we're also going to have to bring in some some questions related, related for, the, for, the, for, the, for the main man, Rizzy Ross. You know, gotta 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 put in those those, those K car questions. Let's do a whole <laughs> quiz on the Kia Cerato. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yes. If if the, all ten questions are to do with name problem one with the car, all the way down to problem ten, and <laughs> not that bad. No, they're they're not that bad, but there's some common problems. Let's call it that. And I'm surprised how if you're not a car enthusiast at the moment. How do you find out what common problems are if you're in the market for a new car? You go to car loop? Google, do, Google doesn't know all. And there's where the, the, the opportunity for, we were talking earlier about car researchers and helping the popo and 
I mean, we can't really help those that can't help themselves, but <laughs> we can definitely help everyday people. The, the, the future for car enthusiasts like us is bright. Yeah, exactly. I've got a name for it too, AIU, Automotive Investigation Unit. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Flash a badge, AIU. AU. Oh, AU. AU. That's the company car, doesn't matter. Most of the ones used in the crimes are probably AUs too. Oh, can't say that. LLL, the horn in the car is dun dun. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, I think we're definitely going to get that going to get that happening. But uh, good quiz, Mister Prince. Very good quiz. Very good quiz. Very oh, good. Thanks. I was going to say it wouldn't have been a Falcon for the gear because they that would that started gear started in XD, which was seventy nine. Yeah, yep. but, but we had escorts before that, so yeah, yeah. It had to be seventy five. The escort came out. Yeah, yeah. So my auntie's yeah. was like a beigey colour but it had the black vinyl interior and the nice wheels. Did it have vinyl interior or the or the corded cloth? No, I think it was black vinyl. Okay. It had the bucket seats and everything. Have a vinyl all all escorts had bucket seats. Did it have vinyl roof? Because the gears had a vinyl roof. Yeah, vinyl roof, yes, yes. It was top of the line and I remember thinking even though she was quite old, that's quite a sporty car for her. Anyway, it ended up with my second cousins, and then God knows where it, where, where, what happened to it after that. But they did they did keep it churning for many a year. Really good car. I went, I went to school with with a kid. He was English, and and his parents from the UK came here specifically bought a Mark II Escort, and that's what he got dropped dropped to school every day in a green Mark II Escort. And I'm like, that's so cool. Uh, and he was like, it was like, why are you like that old car for? I'm like, because it's a Mark II Escort. Look how cool it is. <laughs> and they, they would have had one back in the UK and thought, oh, we'll just get the same thing there. We don't, we're doing what we do there. We're going to do it here. Oh, man. But the, the, the son was so embarrassed getting out of it every day. But you can see how, how proud his mama was of it because it was always, it was always in schmick condition. Like, top condition, the Mark II Escort. There's a, there's a topic for the show. The cars that we were impressed with as a kid at school – that no. other kids got dropped uh, dropped in. That's, That's a great right. topic. Let's That's do that next Tuesday next, night. Next Tuesday's topic. Yeah, I can remember quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> None of them were my parents' cars. <laughs> other people's cars. A uh, really good episode tonight, guys. Thanks for the quiz, Mr. Prince. That was that was that was awesome. But, um, You're welcome. Okay, bye. Like and share our Facebook page as Car Talk T O R Q U E with Manny Joe. If you missed any previous episodes, do all up on Challenge and iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasting up. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to Car Talk. Check out our merch on our Teespring store, teespring. Go teespring.com uh, forward slash Car Talk store, or if you just type in Car Talk store in there. We've all, we've also got a Patreon, so become a Patreon of the show. Become a patron, support the show that gives you all this free content. So basically just go to patreon.com forward slash car talk podcast and become a patron. Doesn't, doesn't cost much a month to support the show again, that all the money that you get, that we get for the show goes back into our, into our show. So to buy more equipment and to to do better things for the show. Rizzy Ross. Carlub.com.au guys. In the market for a new car. Just want to know what others are paying. Check us out. Best in the biz. Speak to Rizzy Ross. We'll check out carloop.com.au. Bunting's Hondas, are they still for sale? Oh, yes. I've advertised the EG on Gumtree and I've had one inquiry. He's very keen to see it after lockdown. So oh, yeah. um, I, haven't, 
haven't put on Facebook Marketplace because I can't stand the uh, plethora of dickheads that I'll get contacted. <laughs> I thought not until we're out of lockdown, there's no point. So, um, so what if you put it on car sales? Did you say? I uh, know Gumtree. Put on Gumtree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, eg Silver Civic currently on Gumtree, ready uh, for anyone that would like it. Ah, oh, has what? it got a Night Kids badge on it? <laughs> it does not. You have to put one on. If you put before you put it on Facebook. Put a night kids badge on the on the on, on, anywhere along the windows, and you will see the price that you're asking. You'll get at least thirty percent more than that. Oh, good. Okay, I'll do it. Done. And and you need to. It needs to come with some duct tape as well. Just just yeah. For it, sure, they will be dying to get into. Let that them place. know that it has history of driving on the toge. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, speaking of Gumtree, I saw today. There's a white MR2 like mine, 210K on it, in Oakley, a strongly delivered car, 29 grand. I was like, oof. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, that's very, very pricey. The COVID yeah. tax. COVID tax. If you need any uh, interior repairs, the vinyl and leather guru, Mr. David Prince himself, and Scotty Snitches. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing to report, unfortunately. Nothing to snitch about. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Ed. I blame it on lockdown yeah, mainly because he hasn't been able to drive the Mercedes. So. No, I know. <laughs> you wait. You wait till he starts it up. Yeah. Well, have you looked underneath it yet? Is there uh, a puddle? It's there's always stains, oil stains, oil stains. There's, there's always plethora of puddles underneath that and the and the LTD, but it, they still work. So that's all that matters. Nothing major. Nothing major. No, nothing major. Uh, that's the Nike sticker that Riz just put in the chat. That, that's what you need. <laughs> Thank you to you all. I will see you guys next time. Take it easy. Take care. Yeah.